This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, today we're going to continue our series, the questions that the church needs to answer. And today is Jesus, is Jesus really the only way? That's a good question. We live in a world that will question that. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, period. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would help us this morning, help me this morning to continue to speak truth. The truth, you are the truth, Father. And so we ask that you would help us to be able to answer this question to those around us, and especially to those who do not know you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. I have a friend who, um, who eats unhealthily. You guys know anybody like that? All right. And um, he's pretty overweight, and he is middle-aged. And I remember one time really almost begging him at least to go see a doctor just for a checkup. And this person was anti-checkup. But he was showing signs of unhealthiness. But the signs were not enough for him to go see a doctor. The other day he came to soccer. I play adult league soccer. And uh, I had not seen him since pre-COVID. And since COVID, he's gained a few pounds. Um, and I have too. My mom has, has said so. Uh, but uh, so he gained a few pounds and he came in and he played for about five minutes. And after five minutes, typically the way it works in, in our game is that you jog to the sidelines and you just yell substitution and somebody jumps in. Um, but he, he could, I, I was kind of close to him and I could hear him yell but he wasn't really yelling. It was like the words couldn't come out. Uh, he, he was struggling to yell substitution. And I recognized that because it happened to me once. And so, um, you know, he just wasn't, he wasn't in the best condition. His face was flushed. He was out of breath. And for those of us who are in shape, I was, I was expecting a chuckle. What would you say to that person? What would you say if you knew someone in similar situation and they kept saying, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm in good health, no need to concern yourself. So when the truth, the question of truth carries a life and death consequence, is it wrong to try to persuade someone to go see a doctor, to do something about it. If, if you know that they, they need to see a doctor, is it wrong to tell someone, hey, I really care about you, please go see a doctor? Is that offensive or is it an act of love? These are things that we need to begin to question and ponder in our minds. 
The other day, I was at a soccer game. It sounds like the kids are having a, a rave, rave, uh, rave party downstairs. So, um, The other day, is Mason here? Mason, is that you in the back? Yes. Uh, the other day, I was at a soccer game, and I had what you call uh, a moment. My wife calls it Mr. Progressive Moment. Um, it was what I call a tinea versicular story. For those of us in uh, layman language, that's a, it's a skin fungus. Uh, there was a, a, young, a young person in front of me, and we were crammed at the soccer game, and she was probably a foot and a half away, and um, she was wearing a tank top, and I just couldn't help it. I could see her back. And I noticed immediately that she had uh, what I call a tenure vesicular. She had a skin fungus. And the only reason I recognize is that uh, I've had it myself. I've had it on my neck. And most people have it. If you're white, it's very hard for you to know you have it because what happens is uh, you would lose the skin color. If you're dark like me, uh, all of a sudden you'll see white spots. But if you're white, you don't see the white spots. But you could possibly have it. It's, it's very contagious and a lot of people have it. And I really was just like, this poor girl, it's like right down the center of her back, right here in the back shoulder blade, she probably doesn't know she has it. And I kept thinking to myself, if I was her father, I would want her to know. And so during the game, don't worry, <laughs> during the game I was like, do I say something or not? Do I say something or not? So I whispered to Mason, do I say something or not? And he was like, no. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> And so when I shared the story to my wife, she was like, of course not. And um, it's, that's when she called me Mr. Progressive. Uh, you have to watch the commercials to understand that. I struggled because I felt bad for her. And literally, and like, during the game, I could see her trying to scratch her back, which is a sign that she has it. It, makes, it dries out your skin, and you want to scratch it. So I knew the truth of something she had, but she didn't know. And so that was a challenge for me. Do I share the truth even though I don't know her? And you know, what would she think? She probably thinks I'm a sick, weird man. So I'm glad I didn't uh, follow. But it was like the whole game. I was like, but I don't want her to go all of her, you know, rest of her college freshman year uh, dealing with this. And how come her roommates, you know, I kept thinking, how come her roommates haven't said anything? And all that, uh, all those things were going through my mind. But I literally... Thank the Lord, the Holy Spirit, through my son, uh, said no. So the question I have for us is religious truth. Where does religious truth fall in our conversation with those around us? Are there many religious religions claiming, making the same claim, their unique claim, or are they simply different voices of the same truth. If we're making competing claims, if we disagree with one another, does that equal hostility? Can people who have different beliefs live peacefully together? Sadly, we live in a world where when someone says that Jesus is the way, proclaiming truth, to many, it's like fingernails being scratched on a chalkboard. We live in a world where people love the bumper sticker that says, my God is too big 
for any one religion. I'm sure you've seen that. I've seen it around town. Years ago at a, on a TV show, I remember actually watching on my tube television, this famous Chicago host uh, made a claim that all religions are equal and they all lead to the same destination. I remember one uh, episode, she brought up a text about six blind men describing an elephant. A picture of an elephant. Raise your hand if you know the story. A couple of you know the story. I think one, um, one man touches the trunk and compares it to a snake. They're basically trying to make the point is that perspective. One man touches the trunk, a blind man, he uh, touches the trunk and he compares it to a snake. Another blind man feels its ears and compares it to a fan. Another blind man places his hands on the elephant's leg and says it's a tree trunk. Another pushes, another blind man pushes against the elephant's side and insists it is a wall. Another man, another blind man holds the tail and calls it a rope. And the last man feels its tr- the tusk and declares that the elephant is like a spear. And what the point of the story is trying to tell us is that there's what we call individual limitations. We can only see what we know. And it sounds, sounds good. It, sounds, it makes sense. However, if you really listen to the story, upon closer inspection, what, uh, what we would call the, the elephant paradigm, the story creates more problems than it solves. Can you think of why? And You don't need to. Why does this story create more problems than it solves? And they're trying to make the point that we, don't, we have limited perspective. Uh, I'll try to answer the question at the end. When we hear the story, we think it's respectful. Okay, I get it. You have your perspective. I have my perspective. We think it's respectful. Respectful. We're, we're not saying that certain religions are uh, right or wrong, but we all hold our own aspects of truth. That's what this picture is trying to convey. But the only reason the story works is that the person who's telling the story or narrating the story is not blind. So not everybody's blind, but only the person who's telling the story. So I find that I've actually had someone try to tell me this story while we were kind of sharing about faith. Only non-blind people can see that it's an elephant. And the rest of us are blind. So you can see where there's a problem. A wise professor once said that it's vital that we respect people but challenge each other's beliefs. It is not disrespectful to challenge another person's claim to truth. However, it is disrespectful to treat people with disrespect. I was in Sarasota the other day and I had a, what we would call a heated discussion concerning politics. But even though we did not agree on the claims 
of the truth that we were saying, we respected each other. I did not call him stupid or dumb, nor did he call me stupid and dumb, but we definitely had a difference of opinion. So back to the original story about health. When we talk to our friends and family about Jesus, that he is the only way, we must do this with respect and we must rely on Jesus' timing. But we do tell people about Jesus because we know that it carries a life and death consequence. And by not doing so, we have failed to truly love our friend or family member. A few weeks ago, we talked about that. If we really believe, in, in two weeks, we're going to be talking about if God is so good, why is there hell? And if we do believe that there is a place where we are separated from God, and we know that's a life and death circumstance, we should be encouraged through the Holy Spirit to talk to people with respect. Yeah, a couple years ago, there was a slogan, and it was, I think, a proper slogan based on the circumstances. We need to speak our truth. And I think it is important to speak our truth. But the problem is that when we say we want to speak our truth, it's not objective. It's typically subjective. Truth is based on reality. I believe that Jesus is God. He came in the flesh, and he's my only hope in life and after death. So the question is, is this truth grounded in reality? There are some people who think I'm nuts for believing that. They think I'm crazy because I believe in a Palestinian man that lived 2,000 years ago who made these claims. But there will be a time where the truth of Jesus will not just be what they would say subjective or personal, but will be judged by what is real and true. So back to our little elephant story. Especially with the, the comment, it's true for me, uh, is what, what's true for me may not be true for you. Not to pick on my mother-in-law, but she is here, so I might as well do it. Um, there was a time where, and still to this point, uh, one daughter lives in Lakeland and one lives in town. And she was praying that God would bring both daughters to the same town that she was living in, like any good mom would. And I remember, and she, hopefully, hopefully you remember mom, but I encourage you, listen, we need to pray God's will because what may be good for you may not be good for the parties that you're praying for. So again, truth is based in reality. Many people in our culture celebrate religious diversity. Here in the universities, and I travel all through universities, they do their best to uphold the rights of religious minorities in their practice and in their faith. 
I, I literally was on a campus a few weeks ago down in Tampa, and in their student union, they had a special prayer room for Muslim students, which I thought was cool. But I thought to myself, there is going to be a clash of ethics eventually on this campus. Because there, uh, those who are not religious have their own set of beliefs. Even though they say they're pro-religion, they, and they're non-religion, but we all have our set of beliefs. So I think no, no religion would say that racism is wrong. So we're good on that one. And that's true. Racism is wrong. We can agree on that wholeheartedly. But this is where the culture and uh, people's truths may come into conflict. A few years ago, I don't know if you noticed, uh, in England, uh, they passed a curriculum for kindergartners that were begin to ch- uh, teach on things on sexuality and differences of sexuality and all that, and the parents were in an uproar. The day they were going to teach the lesson in that school to the kindergartners, uh, there was a ring of parents holding hands, blocking the entrance to the school. They were mostly Muslim parents. And they believed that what they were going to teach was wrong. And there's the conflict of ethics. So I think on paper, people believe, hey, we're all equal. But when it comes down to uh, what I would call the the nitty-gritty, there's conflict. I can see down at U and the universities down in Tampa uh, a problem if they begin to say that you must have women leadership in your group or that you must legitimize same-sex marriage in your group in order to use the facilities, I can see that there's going to be conflict. So what are we to do when there's clashes of beliefs and ethics? This is something that we all have to to deal with. What do we do with Jesus? I think one of the biggest problems with the the elephant story is that we only have our, our perspective, is what do we do with Jesus? You know, we we try to say, well, Christianity is like the other religions. It's like, I would say, it's like trying to grab a puzzle piece from one box and trying to make it fit into another box's puzzle pieces. I don't know if you ever try to do that. It just doesn't work. They don't really uh, click together. When it comes to Christianity, it's unique. John 14, 6, which we read in the very beginning, says... Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. There is an exclusive statement there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then Jesus goes on 
and he makes other claims that he is God, that Jesus is God in the flesh. Now, if you were to say to one of the other religions that Jesus is God in the flesh, it is blasphemous. So there's, our, there's, there's no compatibility there. Especially to those of the Muslim faith and Jewish faith who believe in one God. And we're saying Jesus is God. It reminds me of um, a C.S. Lewis and uh, he was, he once argued the teachings of Jesus and the person of Jesus, and he said this, he's either an egotistical maniac, an evil manipulator, or he's God. I've heard it other ways that he's, a, he's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. He's one of those. If the claims that he says are not true, then he's a liar. If he believes it's true, but it's not true, then he's crazy. Or the claims that he does make are true and based in reality. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. As Christians, we need to know if that's true or not. If it's not true, then Jesus has been lying to us, which makes him a liar, or he's crazy. So these are things that we have to answer. The big topic of our sermon series is questions the church need to answer. Is Jesus really the way, the truth, and the life? The sermons on Sunday mornings are not designed to answer all your questions but they are designed to hopefully to make you, I need to really look into this. Some of us may have been raised in a church and you haven't really thought it through. You just kind of got swept into the current of the culture of your family. And you're here. You found yourself here. So I would challenge you to do your homework and pray and ask God to show you what's true. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus is doing outrageous things. Things that only God can do. Commanding the wind to be calm. That's, that's what God can do. If you want to get really uh, crazy, especially in the time, well, the Pharisees were going nuts over this, when he was forgiving sins, feeding the multitudes, raising the dead. And I, one of our favorite verses, and I'm gonna ask the band to come up here in a second. My favorite verse is Matthew 28. Look what he says. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Jesus' claim to rule over all of heaven and earth. So Jesus is not saying he is one possible path to God, but he is the path. And this is a question that we need to answer for those who have this question. And I'm telling you that you're going to need to do your homework to help people to understand this truth. And when you talk to people, because we're talking about eternity, back to that original story, if you know someone who desperately needs to go see a doctor, we do it with respect, and I would suggest we do it because of relationship. But it is an act of love to do so. It's an act of love to share with people that Jesus is the way, but he's not a way. Jesus cannot make the claim that he is the truth if there were other ways and other paths to God. He's either a liar, he's either a lunatic, or he's Lord. And I propose to you this morning that he's Lord. Not only can I share with you the testimony of what I used to be like, and only through Jesus Christ and his saving power can he change us. You know, I can't think of another word right now, but I was a scuzzball. I was a scumbag. I was lost. I was lost. I was... Uh, it would be too embarrassing, too shameful to tell you the things that I participated in, thought of, things that were in my heart, I probably could never show my face to you again. But because of what Jesus did, and the truth of Jesus, period, who made an impact in my life, that I am not that same person, only through the power of Jesus. If I go back and I finish with this, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this the word that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the written word that we have. You're the word in the flesh. I say thank you, Father. Lord, help us to be good citizens of your kingdom to tell people of the good news of Jesus Christ. And not only to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ, but to be the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, we say thank you. We know that you are the way. We know that you are the truth. And we know that you truly are the life. Lord, help us to be confident and fearless prayerful 
we know that you wish that none would perish. Lord, we are your ambassadors. Lord, help us to love people the way you love people. Care for people the way you care for people. Lord, thank you that we get to be a part of your family to share this truth. Love you. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.